Hey everyone, my name's Kieran, and welcome to the One Upcast, where I'm joined once again by Mr. Daniel Ferry. Back at it again at 11 p.m. 11 p.m. See, that's the thing. We normally record on like a Wednesday night, but life just gets in the way. Sometimes we're too we're too busy, guys. This is the thing. So now we're on like a Thursday night. It's like nearly Friday. We're flat out, but this is the thing we said we were going to do it. You see, and we're fucking we're doing it like. I think we would have done this for last week's for Nintendo Direct, but no. I know right now. I instead it was like let's predict a direct that uh, you know has already happened, but then the one week we're like there's not that much. It's just like ugh, you know let's just do it fucking twelve hours before we post it or something. I loved your uh, blurb on the podcast. Uh, you know your description on YouTube and on uh, Spotify. It was like this week we predict the Nintendo. Direct it happened yesterday. <laughs> we, we predict yesterday's Nintendo Direct. That's already, that's already fucking happened. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that's the, the, I mean, most people give their predictions beforehand, but we're the only show that gives you the predictions after the fact. Like, do you know what I mean? Uh, and I have scores on the Nintendo Direct, but do you want to do your thing here? Let's do the thing. So that? before we get into any of that, this is the thing. What if you want to listen to this podcast every single week and you want to get it delivered straight to you then the best thing to do is to subscribe to this podcast we have a youtube version we are on all major platforms so if you're listening somewhere and you're like i know i kind of like on like apple Podcasts or something we're there if you like it on spotify we're there as well but you can also leave us a message as well if you want to ask us a question on the podcast you could do that using the anchor app you can either use the app on your phone or you can go to anchor.fm slash one upcast you can leave us a wee message on there or if you want to send us a wee message you can go to uh, any of our twitters you can go to my twitter at harry atomic yt you can go to daniels at ferryman 5000 or you can go to lebran's spanking new one upcast twitter which is one up all words o-n-e underscore cast that's o-n-e underscore cast on twitter but anyways what's the scores for the nintendo direct where we predicted it after it happened you're getting very good at those plugs, by the way. It's very impressive. I mean, thanks, thanks very much. That. I mean, I've been that's doing not YouTube. A pre-recording. That's, that's, that's light. It's all <laughs> we're live, pal. <laughs> this is the thing. You see, I've been doing, I've been doing some sort of YouTube shenanigans now for years, and I think I'm really starting to hit me straight. Do you know what I mean? I'm really starting oh, to like, oh, had, you know, been able to put myself over now. You know what I mean? You're not I actually. I, I was actually. It's, when you started the, when you did the introductions there, I was kind of like holding back because I knew we we're waiting for the wee introduction, and I didn't want to go on the tangent. But we have things to talk about, Mister Harrigan yes, slash let's, Atomic, let's whatever you want to be called. We <laughs> have scores to consult from last week's Nintendo Direct. Oh yes. So, if anyone who had listened to last week's can recall, we made a prediction for the Nintendo Direct. The winner that buys the other person ice cream. Yes. When that ice cream will be consumed. The next no pay-per-view, idea. the next the next AEW pay-per-view. <laughs> but the question so, is, is it going to be some lovely birthday cake ice cream or is it going to be some, some baked uh, Alaska ice cream? This is the question. Oh, uh, that's what the people don't know. I am obsessed with Ben and Jerry's birthday cake ice cream. It's like, so... Even my wife went to the gym tonight and she's all had to go to Sainsbury's after it. They go to the back machine to get some money out. And I was all, see if you're going to Sainsbury's, do you fancy pick me up some Ben and Jerry's? Aye, we uh, so, you landed down. It was like, do you want to get some like snacks and stuff to hang out? Do you want to go? We'll just buy in some shite so we can just eat stuff like watch TV. You're just like, I wear Sainsbury's. Take me Sainsbury's. I get that fucking <laughs> birthday cake. Because for some reason, there's some reason it's only Sainsbury's itself. Yeah, I don't know why. On it. They just know how good it is. They 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 just know how to get me in the door. That's so, awesome. anyways, Nint- Nintendo Direct pointages. So I'm 
we'll, we'll have to agree because should we do half points or full points? Because I'll read out to you what I have here. I'm pre-prepared, folks. I have notes. Um, so we, my first prediction was, if you can recall, and I called double XP on it, was Mario Kart 9. That's a big no-no. That did not happen. Didn't happen. Did not happen. Um, I was I was I was surprised that now because I actually saw groundswell about that. I was like, oh no, like Twitter's mentioning about it. This could be you running away with, like straight out of the gate here. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Did you watch? Did you watch the direct? Uh, I didn't. I usually just follow the Twitter posts afterwards and just sort of listen to right. what they did. I, I can completely lie to you here and just tell you everything. <laughs> I know it's saying you could just <laughs> play they announced Mario Kart nine and ten at the same time for the <laughs> box set for, for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> So then you made the ultra safe bet of an Animal Crossing announcement. Uh, yeah, I'll no. just I'll just say that that I'll take half points on that one because it's so safe. I think I should it's give so, you half. A it's point so safe. And it's I'll too general. There was there was an announcement of a dir- announcement of an a direct. So it wasn't really an announcement of anything. They were just so announcing that. So they announced an announcement. So that's like a that's like yeah. a half of a half. So that's a quarter point. So, for me. So we'll give you a half a point. Half of a half. So, right. You can be the judge here on the pointages, by the way. I'm, I'm taking so, score. I'm typing it down, taking score. So, Smash Brothers, I predicted a character reveal. Right. We didn't get that. We got an announcement that there's going to be a character reveal on the 5th of October. So, that's that's another half point. So, it's half That's point. a half, so half, half a point each. Half a point each. All right. Then you went on to predict, and you said this is Ultra Safe. A Xenoblade announcement. Right, that's going to be a quarter point because that's way too safe because no. it's fucking Nintendo. There's no announcement None? whatsoever. Jesus. None. So I you, should nearly get a point for there not being fucking one. There's no Xenoblade news whatsoever. For the first time uh, ever in a fucking Nintendo ever. conference. They must have they must they heard me. They must be, they must be listening <laughs> to the Lone Offcast. Demons and Extravision, that's our two star listeners. <laughs> you then, oh, do you remember what, what was our beef with Extravision again? I can't even mind now, but I just I've, we've I can't been at it. remember. We've been at it so long now that like we've just kind of it's it's the principle of the matter. Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna have to review the tips. I'm gonna have to go back and review the tips and see exactly I what the problem. I want to hear. Be like, that's right. I'll be all right enough. Right. I'll have like um, renewed figure. I'll be tweeting them every day and all, just proper internet harassing them just until they follow me. That's all. I just want them to follow me. The um. I actually got uh some feedback uh this week on the show. By the way, from. A couple of different people and they really didn't like the fact that we started protecting the Nintendo Direct and then started talking about Wrestle and then going back to it. They're like, it's so hard to keep on uh, top of it. And Well, uh, I mean, it, not I don't mean to sound like an <laughs> asshole here, but like this is what our conversations are like all the time. The only difference at the minute is that there's a microphone and I, I have record beforehand. If, whenever we're sitting chatting I think I think whenever you came down here for three days I think that there were some points that you started on the Friday and finished on the Sunday <laughs> and there was like a two day tangent and about four Ben and Cherries and a pay-per-view in between like it happens I uh, I actually replied back to the people on our one-off cast Twitter saying do you realise who's talking on the show here it's like, I know. It's like and, I, and I genuinely mean it when I say it me and Kieran don't talk all week we don't. We we try and keep it as fresh as possible. So this is why you get so many diverting conversations. Yeah, there's so the odd wee, this. There's the odd wee text message or something here now. That's yeah. about it. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, but people are probably listening to this now going, fucking 
get on with. I know, GC Fink, you should plan this out beforehand. Look, I don't I don't know where this is going. Literally, we just so, need to sit there. Like, it's just how it is. Anyways, the next point, so, after that the next tangent. Point, so, so we're on half a point each. So this are. is the final one. This is for the ice cream. This is for the strap of ice cream. Oh, geez. So you made a double prediction, but I, I also made a double prediction. So there's... There's almost like double XP here, maybe. Oh, jeez, we're going to... Oh, my goodness. You said there was going to be no Breath of the Wild news, which you were correct. Oh. There was no Breath of the Wild But then you went on to say, in fact, there's going to be no Zelda news. Oh, it's shot so, a snatch the, defeat from the jaws of victory. So there was no Breath of the Wild news. However, there was a DLC expansion pack for, for uh, that... Age of Calamity, you know the. That was actually really good. So I then it's a season pass. That. So, is that a? Do we give you one point there? I'd, I I, I'd say point? I'd say a point. Right, one point. Uh, one one point. There we go. Where are we? One point. I'll type it. Right, one point. and then here comes myself with so, my big deck energy. Can now. you can you bring it back? So I made on one, two, three, four. I said four things, and let's see what we got. And you can re- review the tips, folks. My key's bullshitting. So I said there was going to be an update to Switch Online. Right. I also said there was going to be N64 games. And I named the two of the games, Ocarina of Time and Mario 64, on all four fronts, Kieran. I was 100% correct. Well, that's that's four points. That's that's you decimated. That's, that's like me John bit. Cena against Brock, Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Oh, 2015. See anybody? Like, I know we're talking. I can't believe we're going off on a wrestling <laughs> tangent. I. Do you know I still watch that match the whole time? Oh, actually, someone was talking to me about that during the week. I was actually in work selling something to a customer, and it was brought up, and we just talked about it for about 10 minutes. It was, it was so good. It was the best match ever. And it, it was, it was so good. Not, well, it was what I needed at the time. Know what I mean? The company was the, uh, the company was just run off on its own tangent. Everybody was annoyed at what was going on. CM Punk wasn't there anymore. Brock Lesnar had just come back. John Cena was the champion, which always puts a sour taste in your mouth. And then it just battered him for like twenty minutes. I yeah, still do you know? I still sometimes whenever I'm sitting in the house by myself, I just hear Michael Cole shouting, "It wasn't even close." And I'm like, "Fuck, Michael, you're right, Ty. It wasn't. You got fucking got battered. It was great." They should over. They should put that commentary over me and a tub of Ben and Jerry's because do you remember the last time I was down, you and Tash were all conservative and they go, oh, there's your man eating two thirds it now. We'll keep some left for tomorrow. And I've literally destroyed mine within 30 seconds. I know, you just thought, where, where the fuck, where do you put your empties? Oh, Jesus, so man. I'm looking forward to my ice cream the next do you, time that I, you're up. I, I do you an ice cream. In, in, uh, in, in retrospect, however, um, you would think that since we predicted an event that already happened, we should have gotten full marks. <laughs> but, but we nearly we got there. That's like us so, trying to uh, guess what the Weller was like yesterday and getting it wrong. <laughs> and then having a contest about it. They also announced, I don't know if you've seen an N64 controller as well. Oh, the, don't even. Man, that uh, thing looks amazing. Oh, uh, and it's wireless too. I'm uh, all on there. I'm so, 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 I just, so happy. Then, right, the NES one came out and I was like, right, okay, it's a couple of buttons. That's fine. But like, I'm just, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it wasn't enough to make me jump, like jump and grab it. And then the SNES one, there was a SNES one too, wasn't there? 
Yeah, there was. And yeah. then I was like, I ah, right, the SNES controller's comfy, but again, a couple of shoulder buttons, four face buttons. It's not enough to make me jump, but there's something about the N64 controller, the yeah, way it, the way it you like hold a it. Proper piece of uh, a the, the piece C of buttons, the, the the Z trigger on the back, the wee uh fucking uh what do you call it? The wee um the thumbstick, the whole thing. Do you want to know what? Yeah. Do you want to like? I I don't only see this being something for people like switch heads picking up. I because this yeah. it's going to be Bluetooth, so it's yeah. going to connect the computers. People are going to just buy this for their PCs or their yeah. emulating setups. All the other stuff. I'm just I'm going to be all over it. It's, it's a day one it's, purchase for me for sure. It's one of those things. You ever see those videos where you know like they hand kids today. You know, like a VHS tip and ask them what it is and trying to use it and they're like Aye. using old They've technology. They've got a save icon there and all. Um, I, I can't wait to give the N64 controller to my daughter to see how she holds it. See, like, it's because thing. it's such a piece of alien tech. Like, it, it, is, it is about how you hold it. Do you ever, do you ever see, you know the thing that got me here, right? And I want I want people, if, you, if you're one of these people, I want you to sound off just to tell me why you did it and if you are ashamed of yourself. Do you, ever, do you ever see people that would hold the controller at both sides and then use yeah. the thumbstick by like stretching their thumb the whole way across? <laughs> yeah. What What are you doing? <laughs> what went wrong? Who Who hurt you? Like, and they make you do that. That's terrible. And even the, even the images on the there was people playing it, holding it in the middle. It looked all comfy and all. It was like a wee boomerang and all. What What happened? Oh, uh, I want I, people to I, sign I, off. I, Tell me if you're one of them people or if you knew one of them people. You know what? This week's topic of the show is Nintendo 64 because it's the 25th anniversary oh. and uh, we'll, we'll get more on the N64 after some jingles yes it's time for the jingles here, because you know what time it is it's jingle time breaking news and we're back in the room again with the with, with the editing media magic. We're back again after those wonderful jingles that we bring you so, each and so every We have the freshest, fresh, fresh ink to paper, fresh news. Speaking My of fresh, goodness, the ink's wet. It's everywhere. Not, we're not allowed to use that jingle, are we? The, the new one that I made that I sent you during the Savior of the Universe. I don't know. I still need to look it up. We're, we're, we're getting on the uh, copyright territory, but I just did it. I, I, but yeah, still. I said it to a few people, and they're like, "No, you can't use that." You can't use that. We'll see. Basically, in a nutshell, it was no. Actually, I won't tell you. So can give you a major spoiler there. Um, but um, I'll see if I can find out can. like a weird, like non-copyright way around it. So watch oh, this space. Watch this space. Watch this. Right. So, Blue Point Games, makers of Shadows, Colossus, and uh, Demon Souls, recently there on PS5. Now they've also made many other games. Uh, they also did uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, Twin Snakes, and they've done multiple other games. Has now officially joined PlayStation Studios as of today. Mm, um, so this is, uh, I guess, this is now Sony's seventeenth uh, studio acquisition. Um, so they joined the PlayStation family as an exclusive developer for them. I personally think it's a massive, massive acquisition. Um, Blue Point Games have the past three or four games have been absolutely knocking their part with visual quant, uh, quality and you know they're very very good. It's, there's a lot of mumblings going on that they're working on a Metal Gear Solid remake, uh, mm-hmm. but they actually came out today and stated that uh, their next game is actually an original IP, something that they made themselves. 
something brand so new. So I'd imagine that that was, I, I'm guessing that's something that they were working on themselves because they were technically an indie developer. Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of had a strategy, like a sound marketing strategy that for years they were bought themselves as the remix studio, but obviously developers or not developers, sorry, publishers are paying these developers to make these yeah. games. So they're obviously trying to get enough revenue to make their own game. So by the looks of it, Sony's greenlit their project. That probably could have been a part of the deal. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what to do. They said they have nothing to show at the time, but uh, exciting times ahead for PlayStation. Here, here's the thing, though. Um, I, I would have thought that in my head, I, 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 when I think of them, it's I think PlayStation anyway. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, they're kind of synonymous with a PlayStation brand. So, do you think that there's, like... Do you think that this is just Sony, like, tying up, like, a potential, you know... For the sound, yeah. Like, if these ones get... If these ones, you know, because they are known as the PlayStation thing, this would be a massive thing if, say, yeah. Microsoft came along and not put a lot of money on the uh, table. So, do yeah, you reckon they're just the, trying to kind of, like... Do you know what I'm yeah. trying to say? Like, if they're trying to, like, tie it up, tie them up, maybe away from competitors... There's a lot of mumblings as well about Hideo Kojima. Um, his next game is going to be an Xbox exclusive. And there's there's a lot of mumblings about that as well. So you could be completely right. This is maybe Sony just trying to, as you say, tie up the loose ends and mm. try to prevent that from happening. One thing I will say on Hideo Kojima, if, if that is true, and Hideo comes out at a stage or whatever and goes, my next game is uh, Xbox exclusive, um... That's a massive, massive, massive failure on Sony's part. Massive. Um, Like, since the PS1 days, he has been their boy. Even... Even through the Konami thing? Like, straight away, Death Stranding was like, I look, we'll start you, I'm on on our console? You you can even tell... Do you remember way... I'm going back 10, 15 years ago. Do you remember when uh, he came out on stage for Xbox and announced... uh, Metal Gear Solid Five was going to be on I both. Uh, Xbox as well. Uh, he looked devastated that he was on that stage. He looked absolutely uh, devastated. It was like a fish out of water. Yeah, he like and like the next night then he was on Sony's stage and he looked so happy. I think it's um he just doesn't like Xbox. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a I think it's a Japanese I, culture. See, it's also about to say I think it might be a Japan thing because like yeah, I know that I know that in Japan Microsoft just. No, they just don't have a foothold yeah. at all. It's it's all about the like it's uh, and they well, they had like there was exclusive like Japan only Xbox 360 games whenever they launched the Xbox 360 over there trying yeah, to like gain right. market share. And I remember this was back when I was like looking at sales reports and stuff and everything. And uh, like I was I mind watch and you know that generation like Xbox ran yeah. away with. And yeah. I, I mind looking at like the wee pie charts every week and it was like American sales. It was like bang, all green. And then it was yeah. like, you know, European sales, bang, all green Xbox. And then it was like Japanese sales. And I remember one week looking at the sales and I mind seeing like PlayStation sales being like ridiculous in Japan. Because I think like yeah. I, there was some RPG came out. I can't mind what one it was, but it was one that was, like, worldwide renowned, but it was a Japanese RPG, so obviously it was going to do great and like, you know, it's home culture and, you know, people understand it better. Um, but I, I think that week, the Xbox 360 console sales were in the hundreds. 
And I remember Crazy. being like, man, it's like a whole different planet. It's just like, it's such a different market. So you could tell if like he was out on stage with somewhere that doesn't really feel like, you know, it doesn't like embody yeah. maybe what he's trying to do. I don't want to put words in this way, but you know what I mean? Like I would feel yeah. a wee bit like, oh, doesn't, I'm just kind of doing this for the business, but it's not and, like. And why, and why is this just because they don't like American? See, like, is, is this I, almost I, like a form of racism? No, not not really. I think it's down to <laughs> I think it's just down to the way that the console is kind of presented. Do you know what I mean? Like the way that I was reading it at the time, and again, I was looking at this as an outsider, uh, was that a lot of the games that were coming out on Xbox consoles were very very Western, and so because yeah. of that, it there was a niche audience for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And whereas for here, that would have been the main audience. And so they did yeah. really well. And so it didn't really work. And Sony already had this foothold of like, yes, we put out, you know, the games that are, you know, synonymous with Japanese culture. Maybe they fit better with a Japanese audience. You know, yeah. maybe the humor, or the storytelling fits better with a Japanese audience. And they, they've been doing that for years. And so whenever Microsoft came in, a lot of the studios were like, why would I... It's kind of like a chicken and egg. It's like, well, you don't have a whole lot of consoles out there, so why would I spend money making something for the yeah. Xbox? And then because nobody makes anything for it, nobody wants to make anything for it, do you know what I mean? And there wasn't yeah. the money behind it, there wasn't the backing behind it, and so it just never really took off because everyone was already just buying PlayStations. And so PS3 just wiped the floor with Xbox over in Japan, like Xbox 360, to the point where like <laughs> the most expensive Xbox 360 games on the planet are Japanese exclusives. Like, I think it's like seven of the top ten. And I'm talking like hundreds of pounds for like because yeah, I... for a while what they did, what the 360 did was they were like, Yeah, we're gonna release a bunch of games in Japan to try and like capture a Japanese market. And so they paid for like a load of Japanese developers. They make like exclusive games, but they just yeah. didn't again, it just it felt like it felt like so it felt like a Trojan horse. Do you know what I mean? It felt like somebody was like just trying to pander to Or at least yeah. that was what a lot of their reviews were saying. And it was, it, they just never really scored well and nobody really cared. And you no know, PlayStation again was run the way with it. So people just bought PlayStation. Well, but this is a whole beautiful da- segue. Hey, go. This is a beautiful segue because Tokyo Game Show was yesterday. Oof. Uh, and PlayStation didn't show up. Right. Uh, ho- however, Xbox did. Wow. And it, it, it looks like Xbox isn't giving up in uh, Japan. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, so they had their show, and they showed a lot of stuff that we already knew, like kind of like the new fours, uh, back for blood stuff that's all coming out for Christmas, Battlefield, etc. However, they're pushing hard on, as you say, Japanese focused games. So Bankai now goes critical, darling. Uh, Scarlet Nexus, which was out only out about two months ago, is now available right now as we speak on Game Pass. Uh, so then they really push the fact that. Now available on Game Pass is Scarlet Nexus, Dragon Quest, Near Automata, Yakuza Zero, and all the Yakuza games. And it's been heavily rumored that uh, Xbox is on the verge of acquiring Sega. Believe it or not. So this this was something that I was right. This is a wee bit of behind the scenes stuff, all right? But before I sort of parked and went on like a hiatus for like Harry Atomic. I had done a whole bunch of like th- 
like looking behind the scenes and I had made like I I was like in the process of making a video about like Sega and uh Xbox and Microsoft or sorry Microsoft talking yeah. about it, it was it was sort of like a wee bit of a kind of a just a wee bit of a fun thought experiment video about like what like how could Microsoft break Andy Japan and like what could yeah. they do to break Andy Japan and for me Sega was the answer and the way that you would do that is you would buy you would buy Sega first of all or at least enter into some sort of very closed and exclusive working relationship right and then <clears throat> what you would do then after that is I would take the the Series X, all right? The Xbox Series X. And do you remember back in the Xbox 360 days, they did the Xbox 360 arcade and it was like a cheaper yeah. version and it came with like a bunch of games pre-installed on it and whatever. I would yeah. do that, all right? But I would Sega brand the console and I would have it like the Sega Series X, but still have it Cloud, Microsoft, all right? Have the wee light whenever you turn on the console, have it blue, have it say the wee Sega... Instead of the Wii Dead Ink. Because remember they did the thing mm -hmm. with the... With the uh, which one was it? The R2-D2 Xbox 360. When you turned it on, it didn't make the, the Wii chime. It made like the Wii R2-D2 like noise. So yeah. I would do that. When you turn it on, it would light up blue. It would... You know, the light on the top of the console instead of green would be blue. There would be a bunch of like Sega classics installed on it. Um, Sega is known in Japan for their arcades. So calling it yeah. an arcade console... Like, no, a Series X arcade would would fit the Sega theme. And I think you could use Sega as a vehicle. They they break anti-Japan. Use the good name of Sega. They push your console in Japan. Yeah. That, that's the way I would do it anyway. I mean, and again, there's probably a million reasons why that wouldn't work. But I don't know. In my, in my wee sort of like thought experiment that I was doing to figure out this for a video that was like my this would be class and I'd done like photoshop mock-ups and everything at the time of like a blue or an xbox that lit up blue and all and the whole bit and nobody like put it in a thumbnail and whatever and that was like my like I think they could do it but I, I it would be it'd be cool to kind of check on and check in on those rumors again and see like where they yeah, are false false spencer was doing an interview and he was wearing a blue sega jacket and that's when i kind of went crazy uh, but uh, is sega big in japan i again i wouldn't know uh yes they are they're they're uh they're they're a pretty much a a staple i mean seg you know the way arcades here are just dead you know they're yeah. they're a novelty at best if anywhere like the game store i go to to play flesh and blood on a tuesday and thursday have two of those um you know those multi-arcade machines that you get? Yeah. Like, they just have two of those in the corner, just as, like, a wee bit of a... Kind of just a wee bit of eye candy when you walk into the shop. And I've never... Mm -hmm. I'm down twice a week, and I never see anybody playing them. Like, just nobody cares here. But apparently, like, arcades... Like, from what yeah. I see, anyway, in Japan, and from people I know that have gone over, arcades are just alive and well. People just buzz yeah. off them. Sega is running away with. Sega make arcade cabinets, like... No, like they're like breaking like new ground on arcade news? cabinets all the time. Breaking news, breaking arcades. <laughs> they're flat out at it. Like new, there's there's like there's Pokemon games that are like exclusive to arcade cabinets in Japan. There are you know there was a Left for Dead arcade cabinet that was only released in Japan with like a bespoke version of Left for Dead, and it was like a mixture between like Left for Dead One and Left for Dead Two and like an arcade cabinet. Wow. It's, it's alive and well. In Japan, and Cheekers. so Sega being a player in the arcade space, they got out of the home console market, but they didn't get out of making games or 
or hardware. They just don't make home hardware. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. that that part of their business, I think, like I don't think Sega getting on the home hardware would, you know, I, I mean, as much as I'd love to see, you know, Sega get back on it and break because I love the Dreamcast, still do love the Dreamcast. Yeah. But for me, I think if Microsoft, because, right, see, this is where we're going to go down a rabbit hole again now, <laughs> especially talking about Microsoft stuff, considering my background. But like yeah. the hardware designers, well, I, have a, I have a beautiful topic to, to ask you about this. So right, well, I'll, 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 I'll not, I'll not, I'll not keep it too long. But the hardware designers for the Dreamcast, whenever Sega were shutting up shop, all right, the mm-hmm. hardware designers that designed the Dreamcast also designed the original Xbox. And oh really? Yeah. In fact, the the head uh, of Sega of America became the head of Microsoft, like for Xbox, for the original Xbox. In right. fact, there were even plans for you to be able to put your Dreamcast games into an Xbox and play them using backwards compatibility for the original Xbox. Because the whole idea was that they were going, whenever we bring out wow. the original Xbox, you know, we're already competing with the PlayStation, but imagine we could get all of the Dreamcast fans to jump across to us and just say, hey, you already have a library of games that you can play. But unfortunately, it never it, it never happened. DVD was just the the way the 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 game like the discs worked on the Dreamcast. Like I don't know there was something to do with the laser, the way it read, whatever it was. It, it the hardware never quite worked. But that was the plan for a while. So these two companies working together is very much within the realms of reality. Do you know what I mean? Because they're they're they have a shared history. In fact. The Xbox is pretty much from a hardware design perspective, and the people who worked on it pretty much the Dreamcast too. So there was like a kind of like a, a like a handshake almost. I pr- pretty like pretty much, you know, I, 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 I pretty yeah. much, I would say yeah, there was definitely a crossover anyway, you know, but for, uh, no, it wasn't uh, just one company ended and another company got on there. There was definitely like a transfer of information. There was the same people working on it. So obviously they were bringing their expertise from Sega over into yeah. Microsoft whenever they were designing it. And so, you know, that's why as a, I mean, it was also one of the reasons why in the, this, the, not to sound too, pie in the sky about it but i i always like as much as i was a nintendo fan like I, I for a while i always really liked sega and i really loved the dreamcast i loved the saturn and then whenever microsoft came out i really enjoyed the xbox and i was like well i don't know they feel kind of similar to me and so yeah. it just seems that it's the same hardware designers like once i found out that it was the same teams and all that stuff afterwards i was like man maybe that's the reason why that like there's something there that just kind of spoke to me as like the way i like you know interacting with games and whatever yeah, but uh, I that it's pretty cool to hear those rumors again. I'll definitely, be, I, I really want to get in and check that out again and see like what's what's happening. But you said you still, had some point as well. Yeah, well, still to this day, I've yet to play Dreamcast. You know, you serious? Never play. I've I played a few emulated like Crazy Taxi and some arcades and things mm. and Capcom, uh, Marvel v Capcom emulated, but I've never actually sat down and held the controller. I've, I don't even know what the UI looks like or. Right, I'm not clear. So the, the so. way the way the Dreamcast worked was that the Dreamcast was pretty much a home console version of their arcade machine, which is why it was so popular, and at least right. in Japan anyway, because you could like it was the same way that like remember they used to sell the NES that way, where it was like or in the SNES, where it was like oh hey you can play arcade hits at home. Well, yeah, that was the way the Dreamcast kind of was, and if you open yeah. like the arcade cabinets at the time, it's pretty much just a different layout hardware version of a dreamcast inside them 
So, yeah. you know, you were getting pretty much the arcade experience. You know, there was keyboards. You could take it online. It had it had broadband out of the box. People were playing yeah. MMOs on it. People were playing light gun games on it, arcade sticks, the whole the whole works. And uh, the, the, the thing that hammered it was that you could play burn discs on it out of the box with no yeah. mods, and that murdered it. I say from day one. That was that. that I just what? killed it. One well, thing that, never that was one of the really things, but off. sorry, go on. And one thing that never really took off, and I'm surprised it never did, was the Neo Geo. I mean, I'm sure it did well in its circles, but it, it, was, it never became a part of the quote-unquote console war. I mean, I mean that, that was a graphics part. I remember going to arcades um, and seeing like Metal Slug, and they had a golf game. I think it was Four Turf or something it was called. Mm. And, that, and then they had the football game. And like, graphically, they were miles ahead of anything Nintendo and Sega were doing. Um, so, but the, you just try to get a fault there when you mentioned arcade. So Neo Geo, the thing about Neo Geo though is that uh, from what I hear, and anyway, again, I've never bought one because I've never seen one like the home because they did have home consoles. Uh, yeah, it, it's just that they didn't. They even got on the bandwagon of those classic consoles. Man, everything was having like yeah. PlayStation Classic, this yeah. classic, but there was even a Neo Geo Classic. They uh. They they were kind of known as like the Rolls Royce of like home consoles, because they had like pretty much true to life like arcade, you know, like that was another like true true to arcade like thing in the in the house like the controller was an arcade stick. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. The games, uh, again, as far as I'm aware, the the cartridges were these big massive things. They were like the size of like two VHSs, and they had like two circuit boards yeah. inside them. Like you know, when you look at the bottom uh-huh. of SNES console, you can see the wee like the wee connectors. There was two rows yeah. of those, and apparently you could take those and put them in the an arcade cabinet. Like it was the same yeah. ROM, and you were just yeah. playing it at home on like a stripped down arcade cabinet, like fashioned on the console. But the games were like in the hundreds of pounds, and like the consoles were like if you adjust for like you know the way like money's different now if you adjust for like inflation like it's like 900 quota console now or something oh, like when it first insane. came out so it was known as like yeah. the rich the rich console and so it's that's like why jaguar. It, uh, jaguar. Uh, atari jaguar and so that's why it kind of those consoles never really took off because they were just cost prohibitive from day one they're just mental money i always remember uh being in uh eb games oh yes uh, all eb games and they had a they, they had a they had a demo unit, unit of uh, a Jaguar. It was like a wee spaceship game, and it was like mind blowing at the time. And the guy was chatting to. You. She popped up like a codec, and she was chatting to. You and Where I did like, you oh, learn to God. fly? Yeah, and uh, and then as it was like fucking six hundred quid, and back then I was just like, nope, Hi. no chance, never a chance. So, that's, I'm getting that. My like. question, my question for you, relating to Xbox and it's relating to PlayStation as well, right. and. Um, I will be completely transparent here in the interest of transparency. I have completely stolen this topic from Sacred Symbols podcast this week. It's an official PlayStation podcast, but um, they're very PlayStation heavy and like they're experts in what they do. I mean, they're editors and they've worked in the industry for years. If I ever, I wanted to hear your perspective on what they were discussing because right. I think it's very valid because everything they were saying, I would almost agree with. And I'll tell you why. This is the question. So, with Sony's recent acquisition, as of today, of Bluepoint Games, and they're greenlighting that original project, and you probably know Sony management structure, you know, they'll invest heavily and give them more talent or more time, yeah. do your thing. And they'll probably, they'll probably, you know, like Naughty Dog do it, where they have two teams, one team works on, like, 
that like Uncharted and our team works on something else. So yeah. they have like 500 developers per, so it's massive, massive uh, strategy there. But then you have the potential of Xbox signing Sega. Yeah. Now, Xbox have been signing studios left, right, and center now since I say the past two years. Um, that, I. They were basically calling them out because Xbox, and this is what they're saying, in a nutshell, they were saying Xbox are shite when it comes to management of their studios. And there's rumors that they're on the verge as well of, now again, these are all rumors, take up a pinch of salt, but rumors that they're apparently in chats with Take-Two to purchase Take-Two and Take-Two own Rockstar, which in turn owns GTA. Yeah. Now, if that happens, my God, I, I can't see it happening. That would have to be, you'd be looking at billions of billions of pounds. Oh, billions. Be billions on the table. I mean, GTA Five alone sold 145 million. I mean, that I mean, game, they spent they spent game. two billion on Minecraft. Think how much yeah. did they spend on GTA Five or GTA? How much did they spend on? Much did they spend on Bethesda? It was like oh, ah, ridiculous. It was really? like. Well, I'll once you're going up to your 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 point, I'll Google that. But um, uh, like we'll, we'll go back to Rockstar in a wee second. But basically, Sacred Single Symbols were calling them out for their management of the studios, and they're basically saying, "Look what they've done in the past ten years of in terms of management. Um, look what they've done with Fable. Look what they've done with Crackdown, and even look since Bungie have left the Halo. Look what they've done to Halo." So, so they're very transparent at the start, you know, when the Bethesda acquisition was done, saying we're going to have to let Bethesda do their own thing and, you know, internally run themselves. And, like, people are kind of almost saying, thank God, don't let Xbox and don't let Microsoft and don't let them ruin it. So, so right, I'm going to... So, I can, I can... I can understand where they're coming from, all right? But at yeah. the same time, I'm going to try and just... I'm gonna tr- just just for the interest of providing another side to the coin, let's yeah. let's look at it this way: if if Microsoft were on managing studios, right, the way that mm-hmm. they would manage studios, uh, we we don't really know their management style. We don't know how they're doing it, right? And yeah. so there's two ways that you could look at it: either they're managing badly or they're not managing at all. Because, yeah. you know, when the cat's away, the mice will play. So if you turn around and say to a studio, we're going to give you all the resources in the world, you can go ahead and make games, you can do whatever you want to do. That's not yeah. always going to end up being the most fruitful thing ever. Because yeah, I know, anyway, me, I'm the type of person that if you give me five days to do something and it takes a day, I'll do it on day four. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it could be one of those things where maybe the hands-off management style isn't working and that is a form yeah. of bad management. Maybe they need to be a bit more yeah. hands-on because, you know, I you can't you can't lie and say that they haven't had some screw-ups either. Like, look at Crackdown 3. Most people, uh, most people don't even Absolute remember. I, do you know there's people I've talked to about Crackdown 3 that I bring it up day again and I'd be like, mine Crackdown 3 and people are like, fuck, I forgot that was out. Like it just doesn't stick yeah. in people's heads that that even happened. <laughs> and then this is the frustrating thing. It, it got a pass. It was acceptable for the gaming community because it was in Game Pass. I uh, see. This is the thing because you didn't you didn't have a cost outset, and that was the thing. Yeah. Oh sure, I just downloaded it and it was shit. Just deleted it. No big deal. 
yeah. And so that was the Where thing. If that was a paid title, I think you would have got more people angry. I mean, like, so, right. I, I think the point, I think you touched on something there. Sorry, I'm going to take over here. No, no, we're going. You, you mentioned something about the, you know, maybe they have a hands off approach or maybe they don't. I mean, there, there's a documentary, it's a well known documentary in the PlayStation community. Uh, it's called Becoming Kratos, and it's actually. It's like a two-hour movie, almost, but it's a documentary mm. about behind the scenes of making the re- most recent God of War. Aye. And uh, Corey Barlog, the uh, director of it, um, you, you can see there literally like, oh, Sony's coming on today and we had to do a demo and, you know, we had to showcase where we're at with the game and basically pitching to the money guys. This is what we've done so far. And Shuhei Yoshida, which it was, he was the head of the first party at the time, um, was shown some footage of God of War. The framework was awful. It looked ugly or whatever. And they obviously didn't show the interaction between him and Corey, but you could see his face through the glass window whilst he was being shown. And you looked like he was ready to basically punch people around him. Mm. He looked very angry. And Corey was even in the documentary talking about the fear of letting this man down and having that fear effect. And then, <clears throat> you know what? I've been, there's always a boss. I've been working in retail for some more time. There's always that fear factor and it works because you perform to keep your operation quiet life, as I call it. Oh, that's and I, I, think, I think you're bang on, right? I think Microsoft's hands-off approach has been so evident. Um, you look at Halo last year, I mean, people were so hyped before Halo was shown, only for it to be let down. I think these, the like the likes of um, the developers left my head, forgive me, but they were given a blank check. They make a Halo game, a three four three, and uh, three four three, and uh, Halo Four was excellent. It was excellent because they came out with a point to prove, and I know three four three at the time had some bungee staff that would stay with Microsoft and you know they had a point to prove and it was a critical success. It's personally my favorite Halo. I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh five was an absolute shambles. They phoned it on absolute shambles. And then oh I've said in this podcast multiple times and I'll say it again the biggest balls false Spencer ever had was to delay Halo. Massive, massive balls because you can yeah. even tell by the Series X console launch they had Master Chief in the back of the box. They were pr- that was the thing. That was the that was the killer app, the system yeah, seller. Yeah, that was re- that was ready to go day one, and he pulled it at the eleven fire, and it was surely because of backlash from that trailer reveal. Yep. And uh, he, after that trailer reveal, you heard about immediately, like overnight, you heard about such and such has been let go, such and such has been let go, such and such has been brought back on. Uh, Bonnie Ross is no longer, you know, doing the writing for it and things like that. So it was almost like a clusterfuck of people. Like people are like, right, what's going on? Which I don't understand because. So, you're you're about to demo this trailer to E3 to millions of eyes. Somebody had to sign that off. Yep. Fall Spencer would have seen it. Aaron Greenberg would have seen it. These these big Xbox executives would have went, yep, you can do that. Did they not fathom for one second, you know what, this looks a bit shit for a Series X exclusive? Right. 
do you know what? That's that's a really interesting point, and it it brought something up when you were talking about it. All right, let's go back even further and talk about what mm-hmm. Microsoft's hands-on management style is like. Because mm-hmm. if the hands-off approach fails, you have to take a hands-on approach. But yeah. if you take a hands-on approach and it's shit, then you're not going to fix anything. So uh-huh. one thing I will say is that Microsoft's hands-off approach probably only happens now because their hands-on approach is fucking terrible. Um, yeah. Do you remember back whenever Gears of War was at its like hype? Like I'm talking whenever Gears 1 was shown at E3. Cliff Blasinski came out yeah. and showed it off. Everybody's going mad. Oh my God, I can't wait to play this. Holiday game, can't fucking wait. This is going to be class. Yeah. Do you know... Funny story, I went to university to do video game development and the thing that made me decide to go in and do games development was the making of DVD in the two-disc special Gears of War. So I fucking loved that documentary. It was like pivotal for me. And the one... So they, an epic were working away on gears, crunching like mad, flat out trying to get this game done because they were trying to hit that Christmas window. They knew they were going to be the killer app. They had Microsoft, you know, throwing money at it. They were they were managing themselves. They were going fucking mad, getting done. It was Cliff Plasinski's baby. It was his time to shine. Do you know the one yeah. thing? They, they brought a camera into their board meetings. So Microsoft would come in every so often and they would try and get updates on the project and they would try and give their feedback because obviously they're the ones that are writing the checks so you're going to have to do the meeting mm-hmm. so it was kind of it was a hands-on approach from Microsoft they were staying very close to what Epic were doing do you know the one thing that they wanted to do to that game and they brought it up at every single meeting they were all going to wow. take, take out the chainsaw no way that I swear to God there's clips it there's so many clips it they were all they were like right we really like the new gameplay. The new demo looks brilliant. We're happy that the multiplayer is going the way it is. I think it's going to be great. Mm, about that chainsaw, can you take that out? They were like, "No, that's not because that's the hook." And they were like, "No, we think it's too gory. We don't think it'll. We don't think it'll work. We don't think it's. We 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 don't really want the, that to be like associated with what we're doing." And Cliff was yeah. like, "No, that's the hook. It's a gun yeah. that has a chainsaw bayonet." It's 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 weird enough to be futuristic. It's cool enough. We've made it feel right. They make the glory kills like really. I mean, they were called glory kills. I don't I can't even remember what they called them, but they make like the instant kills. Like they make them feel good. People see yeah. people people see you playing this game and doing that, and then they want to do it as well. And yeah. and that's the that's the draw. And every single production meeting that they had with Microsoft executives, that's what they always asked for was going to take out the chainsaw. So. So whenever whenever you hear that Microsoft are getting involved with a studio, now, again, business perspective, buying these companies, getting them in, great idea, locking up Bethesda, they release games on your console, of course, brilliant business move. But they wanted to take the chainsaw out of Gears of War and always remember that. Do you know what I mean? So that's why, all right, and again, I'm going to go on a side, a side tangent on this one, again, talking about Microsoft. So, Microsoft and Sony have two different styles of games, right? Mm-hmm. And this sometimes makes me fear. As an Xbox fan, this makes me fear for the games that are coming to uh, Microsoft because I'm a fan of them, but I'll call out shit when I see it. And for me, mm-hmm. the one downside of Microsoft that they can never shake and that is going to stick with them forever and ever, amen, is that they're the only real, well, Nintendo now, kind of, 
but they were all in on the microtransactions on first party games when other studios yeah. didn't. So like Gears of War yeah. doesn't have it. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. Crash fucking Bandicoot was was that was not really a first party game, but you know what I mean. Like Uncharted doesn't have it. It yeah. just it doesn't need it. But then Gears of War came out and it had like fucking loot boxes and all the other stuff all added in. And so whenever Bethesda tried to run paid mods on Steam and it got through back at them and they launched the Creation Club and then the it's not paid mods because we don't call it paid mods, but it's mods that you pay for. Yeah. That makes me think that that's going to be what happens whenever it comes out, whenever the next, yeah. when Starfield or whatever comes out on, yeah. on Microsoft because Microsoft are all in on that type of business practice because they're all in on it yeah. with their first party games. So I think they're all going to be in it on their first party studios as well. Do you know what I mean? Like ultimately, like when you boil it down, Microsoft aren't a hardware company. Yes, they sell hardware, but they're not a hardware company. They're ultimately a software company. Yeah. And they're going to make their revenue from software. So as you say, you know, the Game Pass, you know, your OneDrive, your Microsoft Office, etc. I mean, the and Xbox runs on a version of Windows. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's, I, I'm actually, like one of my favorite IPs is Wolfenstein. I absolutely love oh, Wolfenstein. So good. Uh, and Doom. And I'm actually worried. I'm actually worried. And it goes on to my point that I touched on earlier. Um, if this Take Two acquisition actually happened, so Xbox purchased Bethesda for seven point eight billion dollars. You you would I I would say you would have to, to purchase Take Two. I think you'd be looking at a lot more than that, considering they've sold one hundred and forty five million copies of one game. Right, that's getting re released in February of next year again. Here's here's how they work it uh, out: Minecraft. Uh... Was two billion bought bought by Xbox, right? Where or bought by Microsoft? Yeah. When when was the when was the purchase? When did that happen? Oh, it was about five six years ago. Uh, 2014, Mojang, 2014 that happened, yeah. right? So there's twenty fourteen for two point five billion. It's now uh, seven years later, and yeah. let's say six years. We'll do it longer. Six years. Last yeah. year, apparently, they made a profit on that last year. So right. there's six okay. years. They turn over a profit. All right, mm-hmm. they, on two point five billion. So mm-hmm. let's just say that that's what they're looking to do. They're looking to they're looking to make what they spent in that amount yeah. of time. All right. Now, how much money yeah. does GTA Five make? Uh, well, one hundred forty-five million units sold in the past. What when they come out? And this is this is including the free sixteen PS3. This is across out of the board and everything. So first of August twenty twenty one, Tweakdown Tweakdown Tweaktown dot com said Grand Theft Auto made over six point four billion dollars since GTA 5's launch. Jesus Christ! So there's six point four billion dollars made since GTA 5's launch. So there's they're gonna be and that's only GTA five. All right, that's, that's one only game. one game. You you've also got the value of the back catalog. You know, you've also got you know the 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 hype around the future you know, GTA Six whenever that happens. Um, yeah, I I th- I think it'll be over ten. I think it'll be over ten billion. They I buy. think twenty. Uh, you you, could, you think, could be I could be right. 20. I'm not even I'm not because even surprised. The Red Dead Redemption, Max Payne. Fuck, you're right. I'm only Bioshock. thinking about fucking Grand Theft Auto. I, but Bioshock, two K games, Borderlands. They're all, they're all, they're it's all, all the same family. Yeah. 
Aye, so, it's definitely. It's but uh, this, is the, this is the thing. Like when people, when the festival purchased, people were like, Jesus, Jesus. I think if that does happen, people will be pissed off. Oh, so do I. People would be, people would be angry. You get the fanboys going, oh, this is amazing. But people it's would not... be actually pissed off. Because as I said, Bioshock, 2K, Borderlands, GTA, and then you have the wrestling games as well. People would be pissed off. Now, they could take the approach where Minecraft's on everything. So your sports games could still be in and everything. I, it's just, to me, I was just trying to fall listen on the safer examples this week. I was oh, I must ask Kieran about this. I just, there's just something get, not quite just, right at Xbox uh, that needs to be fixed. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope I eat humble pie. And I hope I'm wrong. And we talked countless times how amazing game passes on this podcast several several times mm-hmm. but it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting future but we need to move on here because we're still on uh breaking news here oh, if oh, you want to give us a wee plug maybe we're so we're so far we're so far uh, away from fucking breaking news now but still breaking news anyways we're going to move on to the next the next part of our podcast but anyways make sure if, as we said at the start of the show, before we move on to our next show, we want to remind everybody to make sure that, that they get subscribed on your platform of choice. And if you want to leave us a voice message, we're going to do some Q&As at the end of the show. And if you want to leave us a question and be featured on the show, you can do so using the Anchor app. You can go on anchor.fm slash oneupcast and you can leave us a voice message that we can use and edit into the show and you can appear on the show alongside us two and probably make more sense. Uh, or... You can leave us a message on Twitter if that's more your more your your flavor. You can leave us a message on Twitter. You can uh, go to my Twitter at HarryAtomicYT or you can go to Daniel's Twitter at Ferryman5000 or you can go to the brand new 1UPcast Twitter. Brand new, fresh out the plastic. It's 1UP, all, it's words, O-N-E-U-P underscore cast. That's 1UP underscore cast on Twitter. Anyways, what's our next section? What are we going to be chatting about now? There was actually two pages of breaking news, but that actually turned on the a, a rant about Xbox management. So I um, hope people don't mind. There was lots of other things very quickly. I'm going to just fire through it and we'll clock on. So PlayStation Plus games for October have been announced. You're getting Mortal Kombat X, PGA Tour 2021. Hell, this Marvel's Avengers is now on Game Pass as of today, live Amazing. as we speak, fresh. Zora has been rumoured as the Smash Bros. character to be announced on the 5th of October. Far Cry 6 is out on Friday the 8th of October. And Back for Blood. Back for Blood, Kieran, is out very soon as well. So we need to organise. not wait. We are going to be flat out on that. I just can't wait. Me and Kieran have... We're making a commitment. We're going to get a thousand gamer score on that together. It's going to be our thing. We're going to do it. So if you're interested in joining us or having a watch along, we're thinking of doing it by doing a wee Twitch stream as well. But definitely let us know if you're up for that. So topic of the show, Kieran, topic, topic, topic. So this week celebrates the 25th anniversary of the Nintendo 64. Amazing. So last week, last week, Hugh sent us on a voice question. I got my clogs turning and my gears and my head going. Um, and he asked about, you know, standout gaming moments and things like that. And I think if anybody's listened to last week, you recall I bagged out 
the N64 because I started talking about Metal Gear Solid and then I said I had to give a shout out to N64. I, like, I gave a full console generation a shout out. That's it. And we, I actually think, correct me if I'm wrong, episode one was about the N64. It went, well, we touched heavily on it. It was about you, uh, we Charles, talking about your Charles Martinet story. Yeah, Charles Martinet. And, and yeah, that, that heavily led on day talking about N64. I, I know um, we did a full episode on the N64. Our first ever episode, yep. you're correct, was about Mario 64 while I dropped my wife's glasses. Um, but, I mean, that shows like that, you know, how a special place in both our hearts the N64 actually is. Oh, yeah. Um, we actually did an episode three years ago, uh, believe it or not, dedicated to the N64. Um, so, We'll try. <laughs> I'm not trying to overlap it, and people might sit there going, "He's already said this three years ago." <laughs> Hi, you repeat so, yourself uh, now. Three years it took you um, to come back to the same point. You know, and you know what? Um, the N64. I mean, it's 25 years old, and you know what? People when they hear that news, I'm like, "Oh my god, I feel so old now." But you know what? See, when I hear that news, I just look back and smile at a, a console generation that defined. My teenage years, it was just so, so, so good. And you know, after biggest first Superman fanboy that I am, I've never played more, a Superman sixty four. And even though it's apparently slated as uh, one of the worst games of all time, I've never played it. I've do never you, even emulated it. I just never played it. Do you know there was a beta of that game that got leaked recently, and the beta was like not shit. Oh really? I uh, the beta was actually not like I mean it wasn't groundbreaking, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Apparently, what happened was is that DC got cold feet, and they were very like they're very protective of their IP. And yeah. at the time, video games were still kind of like not super mainstream. They were still kind right. of in their infancy, and so because of that, there was this like crossed wires over like you know people controlling Superman and like what that would know like tr- they were just like really hands on and so eventually a lot of the yeah. like the communication was so bad that a lot of the stuff that was put on there just never made it under the final game and yeah. the result of poor communication and breakdowns of communication resulted in just flying through rings and just really bad Superman gameplay but like apparently <laughs> the beta is not that bad oh really just just as um, a wee just as a wee point to smile about like I, I would just, I would just love you know just to see like I just wish fifteen year old me could go back go back to fifteen year old me and just tell them they buy every single N sixty four game hmm. possible and keep them sealed. You see all these prices now that they're going for insane money, but to to me like the N sixty four library is like we talk about we've talked about before the the Nintendo see the quality and how it's in this hole now because of the shovelware it's on the Switch eShop mm-hmm. but back then man it was something when you seen that seal you know it was good shit you knew it was good good shit I mean I want to top of my head I want to just shout out names of games and they're like they're all 9s and 10s Mario 64 Ocarina of Time Goldeneye uh, Mario Kart 64 Majora's Mask Perfect Dark Pokemon Snap Diddy Kong Resident Banjo-Kazooie Mario 64, or sorry, Star Fox 64, F-Zero X, Paper Mario. Oh, man, the, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, they, yeah, Mario they, Tennis. They, they caught lightning in a bottle with that console I mean, generation. I, and this is pre, this is days pre-patch. I mean, you couldn't patch a game. You had to ensure that this these games were fucking rock solid. 
like and they worked and the only one game ever that i've ever known to have a product recall was actually an n64 some contradict myself uh was uh wwf no mercy um well that was made by thq so yeah it it didn't save the launch copies didn't save Mm. so there was a a product recall and i i played the game every day for about a month and by chance i brought I uh, purchased Nintendo magazine every week, every month I came out. Remember that days as well, buying Nintendo magazine? I subscribed to Nintendo magazine up until ju- about a year after the Wii came out. Oh, so uh, good. So, so, so good. And I, I remember, and I've touched on this in that, uh, episode three, three years ago. Um, I, I, I always remember getting, there was like a special N64 magazine. I don't know if you remember, great magazine, such a good magazine. But their first ever shoot came with a VHS tip, and it was footage of Mario 64. Oh, yes. And, and so I remember good. just being absolutely mind-blown. When he was, like, and swinging I, Bowser about and on, you oh, could see the person yeah. using their thumb on the thumbstick, a wee picture and picture. And it was like, and was like what when he jumped, fuck When that? he jumped on the Bowser's lair, and you could see the ripple effect. I mean, ripple effects was never done on game. Metal Mario and all? Oh, oh, man. Blew uh, my mind. I, my my parents didn't give a shit about gaming. Still don't give a shit about gaming. But I remember sitting them both down. It was like a intervention in the sitting room. I was like, you need to watch this. And uh, even they were like gobsmacked. They were like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I, I always remember, I mean, spoilers for anyone who uh, has kids listening to this podcast. You might want to revert them, uh, their ears in the next what, three or four seconds. But Santa isn't really... <laughs> Jesus. I remember I remember getting the N64 for Christmas. Now if I recall the N64 came out I think it was like March times. So I had to wait. It was around December. then I I had to wait to Christmas to play it and I always remember um and I don't I can't recall if I got it the first year came out. Did Goldeneye come out the first year? It uh it well been. I, I got Goldeneye along with mine, and I got it the first. It must have been I, because uh, I, I, I remember, remember my uncle had it. I yeah, I always I remember went, going uh, to my, mid, my mid's house, who uh, was sitting playing it, and uh, he was playing Goldeneye, and this was like a month before Christmas, and I remember walking into the room, clear as day, and uh, saying to him, can I just hold the controller? Because that's all I wanted to hold. Mm. And I had no interest at the time. I thought, can I just hold the controller? And then I realized very quickly the analog stick and Goldeneye with the trigger in the back, it was almost like a gun. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, mind blown. But then you had your peripherals as well. They introduced the rumble pack, the memory cards, uh, and the expansion pack. Oh, what a special, special console. Do you want to laugh about the expansion pack? Do Do you know that the expansion pack was uh, released so that uh, they could get Donkey Kong 64 out for Christmas, in time for Christmas? I remember Kim bundled with Donkey Kong. The the reason why is because Donkey Kong was pretty much done, sealed and ready to go out the door, but there was a game-breaking bug in the game. There was a memory leak, so the game would slowly, like the game's like memory would slowly fill, or the console's memory, sorry, would slowly fill up over time because there was some no bug in the code that was just filling the memory up and eventually whenever all the memory was full the console would just yeah. turn off 
and it would only it would take about 40 minutes or something like that and then the game would just turn up and they could not figure out why and they were like right what could we do and they were like right if we made a memory expander that added like an extra what is it, like four megabytes of memory or something yeah then yeah. by the time four megabytes imagine it like imagine it like a bucket that's like slowly filling up, all right? And there's nothing you can do <laughs> yeah. to stop it. And if the bucket yeah. fills up, it spills over and everything breaks. So you could either yeah. find out what's causing the bucket to fill or you could just get a bigger bucket. And that's what they did. <laughs> they just stuck an extra four mega RAM in there. So now the game crashes after 60 hours instead of less than one. And the bug is right. still there. And that's the reason that they brought out the memory expander was because that's of a bug insane. in Donkey Kong 64. I just, just to get I it out in time for Christmas. That. That's insane. And there's, I never knew it. You can patch the game they run without... Like, they, there's been, like, modders and stuff recently that have found out the bug after years of fucking checking. And you yeah. can patch it and play the game perfectly without an expansion now. Have you ever seen these mods where people have been modding their N64 to put a HDMI? Oh, don't even. Don't even. I've bought myself, uh, somebody traded under us a, um, uh, what do you call it? It's a N64 dev kit and, yeah. uh, an, Amer- and an American N64. Now, the American N64s yeah. run like a wee bit faster, like 60 yeah. hertz rather than 50. Um, yeah. A lot of games doesn't matter, but some of them it does. But apparently those ones are the best ones. They put a HDMI in. And right. you don't even need like a weird power converter or anything like that there. All you do is just take, you know, the way the power brick kind of came out of the back yeah. of the car. You could just use one from here and just put it on and it works fine. And because it's all HD TVs now, like you don't need, you know, back in the day when it was NTSC and PAL and all, you couldn't hook it up to your TV, but now it doesn't matter. But apparently they're the best. They put uh, HDMIs and I'm fucking so close to doing it. Hey? Just yeah, th- that there, get a wee Everdrive, just load it up with yeah. games and all. Oh man. I, I like I've seen videos of it and uh once it's installed her and I'm like I'm out but I was actually meaning to ask you a few times if you ever do it hey and like you can do mine too hey because I would I would love to have because this N sixty four uh online switch upgrade all but confirms that we're not getting an N sixty four money, unfortunately. No, I know. I don't think we're I think we're past the kinda I think the money hype is gone now. Yeah, like yeah. I think that, that ship has sailed now, which is unfortunate. But the great, I but the the great thing about the N sixty four online classics, I don't know many people listen to this. Do you much emulation? I do quite a bit. Um, N sixty four emulation is shit, and I'm it is, so there's happy. Always stuff to tweak. There's always yeah, stuff to fix I, for each individual game. It's a fucking. I'm just nightmare. so happy Nintendo's dipping their toe on there because you know it'll just work. Nintendo has the source code; they'll just do the thing, and it will just work day and date. And you can sit with your wireless N64 controller, hooked up to your games. HDMI TV, loving your best life. I mean, the fact that Mario Golf, which doesn't run on any emulation software whatsoever, for some reason the ball is invisible as well as the character Mario Tennis. Uh, Paper Mario and Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, I cannot. I'm so, so hyped. I'm so happy that um, we're For most people as well, it's going to be an affordable way to play some of these games because some of them are pretty... Yeah. Like, Paper Mario and stuff is, like, fucking stupid yeah. expensive too. Like uh, yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And most yeah. people just want to play and, the game. And does this bring prices down, by the way, on that? Uh, I honestly... Oh. No. I, I... No. I, if anything, I... I there. 
if anything, prices go up because more people get into the game and more people talk about it, then uh, it doesn't really affect it that much. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like, just such a just such a special console, and we have to give that a mention. The Resident Evil Two as well, the, the Miracle Port. Everybody talks about Switch Miracle Ports. Nah, they're hey, the, that's the they're best. The, that's the OG Miracle Port. The fact that they got the entire two disc collection from the PlayStation on the one sixty four megabyte cartridge with audio and what cuts FMV cutscenes. <laughs> right, that's that's one, so that good. was two discs. That was like one point four gigabytes. Which back that's in the day insane. was like fucking in mad like one point four gigabytes they got down to sixty odd bit. Yeah. I watched the video on it one time, my jaw was on the floor, I was all how the fuck would you Matt? See that's like somebody coming along to you now and being all hey, new FIFA's out now, hey, FIFA fucking twenty three, two, whatever it is, hey, any chance you could uh, yeah. put that in the Game Boy? What? <laughs> what the fuck am I meant to do that? And they were just all I know bother. I got it. And they figured oh, it out. Fuck that. And then there was Rare as well. Do you remember Rare? Uh, that's mm. now studio. It's uh, Microsoft hasn't managed. I know. Um, what ha- like Rare? Like Rare were big time players in the N sixty four days. I, 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 did so. Did Nintendo own Rare? No, they just and had like them. a. I mean, I, I don't know. They. they so strange. I know it. Uh, I'm not sure. I think they did. Something tells me there was an exclusivity thing there because of the whole, like, Star Fox fucking adventures thing on the GameCube and all. Yeah. I'm, pr- I'm pretty yeah, sure there was right. some kind of relationship there. Because all or not, they would have just told them they'd fuck off. Because like. they did Donkey Kong 64, they did Goldeneye, obviously, they did Perfect Dark and Daddy Kong Racing, and they did Conquer's Bad Fur Day. So in one console generation, I think in like a space of three years, they turned out five games. Just bang- I know, just banging out the hits. And it, and it's just I, I don't know why, but everything Nintendo touched that that generation turned to gold. Now it wasn't as successful as the PS One because the PS Two at their dinner, or sorry, the PS One at Nintendo's dinner, and Nintendo were trying to churn out games as quickly as they can. And the result of that was Majora's Mask. I mean, I think that was after Ocarina Time. You had like the development team were given twelve months to make an hour's Zelda game, yeah. so they used the same engine. But they were just like, and used the same assets. So like, we don't care. You need to get out an hour's Zelda game, ASAP. I just get it done. And, and they could have churned out. They could have phoned it out and went, "Oh, here is default uh, Zelda game." But they they released arguably arguably a better game. Oh, it's I love like that. It was my Zelda game. Was, oh, have you heard the theory that uh, Majora's Mask is dealing with the stages of a bereavement? I have seen that. I, there's some some fan theories about it are class like. Oh, just like I could, I can gush for hours and hours and hours about the N64, and I, I just cannot wait, man. There's going to be like that N64. We're upgrading that membership. <laughs> Simple as that. How you know? I just can't wait to. I can't wait to play Mario Kart 64 online. I can't wait, uh, just to play Star Fox again, uh, Mario 64 again, and oh. But we but we talk about Nintendo or sorry Sony being the bad guys a couple of weeks ago. It's a bit of a dirty move where it just shows you Nintendo had a, a plan all the time with the Mario 35th anniversary having Mario 64 in there. Ah, uh, I was just about to say that as well. They stop selling it and then they put it on the service. You know, like they know what they're after. That's, I know. You know, and it's like us are still going to pay for it. I know. So no. 
special memories for a special, special console. So, oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. That's it. So, anyways, we'll move on to the next section of our of our show at the moment we're going to move on to the questions we have a few questions here we uh we have a little google doc that we have open and we can type things on whenever we're doing our show and all and we're looking at it and it, the questions have been filling up as we find more of them just seemingly just falling out of the cracks but anyways if you want to leave us a question like the ones you're about to hear you can leave us a message on the anchor app by going on anchor dot fm slash one upcast or by going on twitter you can leave us just a regular message just send us a wee message wee question or something like that there for the show and you can reach me on twitter at harry atomic yt you can reach daniel on twitter at ferryman 5000 or you can go to our brand new one upcast twitter which is one up underscore cast that's all words o-n-e-u-p underscore cast anyways let's move on to the questions i think first we should do the voice question because last time we started with the text questions and moved on to the voice question. So this time mm-hmm. we should do the voice question from someone I think you might know. Mm-hmm. Play the club. Play the club. I have a legitimate question for the podcast. No mention of the uh, the spin-offs tonight. But my question for you is, is you often talk about the thing that really pulled you into a game or, you know, your gaming moments. But what was the one that turned you off a game or a franchise and really put you off? Great podcast, guys. And we're back in the room. So that's, that's very interesting. That's kind of like a flip on its head from the last question we got about, like, moments that like turned you on they like gaming or like a certain game but we were we're having a wee think about this and i know i know mine i've got two for two different reasons because i'm trying to be like broad and give like good examples but what about you what uh what 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 has turned you off certain games so i touched on uh by the way, that's an extremely attractive woman. By the sounds of it, it's about to say (laughs) i I think that this luster might be might be right up your street I'm telling you, I hope she's single, hey, because I'm ready to mingle. Yes, yes, that's it, TT. Matchmaking, one off cast podcast. So there you go. Hit me up on uh, Ferryman 5000 or. Um, Slap handy my DMs. The one off cast DMs. DMs or, uh, <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow morning during breakfast. Yes. <laughs> so there's a few uh, gaming moments, per se, that have turned me off. I touched on it recently there. Um, when I, I don't know if you recall, I mentioned AO Tennis. It was a free PlayStation Plus game a couple of weeks ago. Aye. And during the tutorial, the first thing they wanted to teach me about was how to use the microtransactions. Aye. And I was just like, nope. And I just deleted the game straight away because straight away that's what they want you to do. And, you know, it's the same with FIFA now when you, you know, it's not about playing the game and kicking the net anymore. It's just about, oh, this is how you do microtransactions. This Aye, is how we get money. This is how Ultimate Team works. And, and uh, I, I actually don't mind the, the the battle pass, you know, Fortnite model. I like that because I think you, you know, if you invest time, you'll get rewards back. Um, but in the other sense, when it takes too long, that also turns me off because now being a parent, um, my gaming habits have kind of changed. So I purchased Kenya. Remember, I was human hand about. Oh, you actually went Kenya ahead on the PS5. I went ahead and did it. Um, and one of the reasons, one of the biggest selling points to me, and it's not really selling points, is that the game can be finished in eight hours. And oh, you know class. what? For, for me, I was just like, I had a 20 quad voucher, when I had to put a 10 or two, I was just like, you know what? If I can finish that in one or two sittings, brilliant. Um, there's nothing turns me off now more than a game when it's, I hear it's a 50, 60, 70, 80 hour game. 
as I just don't have the time. Full time job, full time daddy, full time husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, recently, a few friends of mine were basically asked me to start playing Final Fantasy fourteen, mm-hmm. uh, the the MMO, and uh, oh, 14 I. And, fourteen, sorry. And you know what? It's fucking brilliant. The gameplay is brilliant. It's and see for people like me who are so used to using a controller, um, for a PC heavy. Uh, MMOs are primarily PC, but um, it's really took a control. Really, well. I loved playing it for the first couple of hours, but I realized very quickly what a time sink this would be. And I think it was actually after about, I think I got to like eight or nine hour mark, and I was still running around like feeding chickens and you know just collecting doing fetch eggs quests and, and stuff like that. Just doing, just doing, just doing menial but busy work and getting some. Yeah, and, and not getting anything substantial. And uh, people who probably, you know, love the game would probably be like, oh, you haven't done this, and you, if you did this, you don't get this. But it's maybe the OCD in me. I like to do all the side quests, and that's probably to my detriment. So it's yeah. kind of like an oxymoron where I'm like, well, you, you don't want to have the time sink, but, you you know, I, I, I just feel like I should be, if I'm sitting down, and we've talked about it before, comfort games, you know, I mean, there's nights I was playing Final Fantasy, and I was just like, "This is fun," but you know, I've got a hat for an hour's work, and it's just like, uh, that, like that hat has given me plus one stamina or something. And I, I just said, feel like it's it kind of done anything for you, you know. And I, I, I just feel almost like intimidated by it, almost like sheepish. I walk away with my tail between my legs. I mean. Because I, I think I had a conversation then about a week ago, like, oh, you need to play it, you need to get back on it. And it's an excellent, excellent game. It's just, I, as a parent now, I mean, I had to consider, like, personally, see if I can't pause a game, I don't want to play it. That's, I know. You need see to have the Souls that. games, I can't, pl- I can't play Souls games. You can't pause them. Fuck, well, I never knew <laughs> that. Right. Uh, so you used to be able, but now they have the online connectivity. Now you can play it offline, but that's not a part of the game. So you have right. to have it online, but you can pause it. It gives you like a wee overview HUD, but the game's still active. So if you get invaded, so and obviously I play these, I play these mature games at night. My kids are sleeping, but it's more like they don't just sleep all night. They gurn and cry, and yeah, you still want to know. You still want to know what's going on, like you know, you, yeah. don't, just, you don't stop um, in the diary at night, like exactly. So if I can't pause a game, I mean, I think the most recent one was Sekiro. Um, I tried to play it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you think it was such a feature where you couldn't pause it, but uh, I def- I definitely, you know, I, I, I just, like, with g- gaming, it can be easier now for me to be a turn-off rather than a turn-on, because yeah. there's so many factors I have to consider now, where, you know, how long is it there? Like, back in the day, I think we talked about Final Fantasy fourteen a couple of weeks ago, and it was like a you know, like tutorial. It was 20 people hours before the game opened uh, up and I like, I can't yeah, exactly. recommend it to people. Yeah. But I loved that. Uh, back in the day when I had that free time, I loved sitting there getting sucked into the world and getting sucked into this immersion. And, mm. uh, but see now, if I heard that now, I'd be like, oh my God, not a chance, not a chance. So for me, the biggest turnoff in summary is time and time invested and microtransactions. They can go fuck themselves. So, so what so about you? Mine, mine's is going to segue off of yours perfectly because for me, time is the big thing as well. Because again, I have so much on that I just don't have the time to sink in. Like I played 
Persona. I bought Persona 5 when yeah. it was a wee while after it came out. Argos were doing a sale and they were selling it for like 20 quid. And I was like, fuck you, yeah, yeah. give me that. And I went down and bought it. And I got home and I started playing it right away. And I put not all of my free time on it, but any time I had like a night where I was like, right, I'm free tonight now for more than like mm. an hour. I'll sit down yeah. and I'll play Persona. And it took me three years to finish it. Three well, years. It's it's funny you should say that because during lockdown, um, I played Persona 5 Royal and I actually put 60 hours on it. And, See, uh, I did. I did all the side bits. I really went on it, and I thought. Uh, and again, it was it was almost out of a sense of pride after a while, where I was like, "Do you know yeah. what? With the amount of time that I've got free now, I wonder." Because again, I would have hardcore that back in the day, and I'd have done that in like three weeks. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Of like, I mean, hardcore time, like 120 hour save file. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And my save file was 110 hours when I finished. So I had 110 hours over three years, and before I would have put crazy. that on in three weeks. Do you know what I mean? That's crazy. I mean, I, like, for context, I absolutely loved Persona. Absolutely fantastic game. But again, it just came a question of time. Mm. They had a commitment. And, like, I probably have an R40. If you did it on 110 by doing everything, maybe. And yeah. an R40 hours, I'm nearly there. Probably about 60% or 70% uh, there. So no, I might uh, save files very wildly as well, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So exactly. like I've heard people exactly. come on way over mine, way under mine. But just to mm. go on to another kind of thing, Lucas, because we're talking about games that are long, that are really good. But just to kind of elaborate on that for me, I think it really puts me off, or one of the things that really puts me off. I love uh, Castlevania. Castlevania mm-hmm. series, just anything about it. I, I wish they would do more weight, but it's all right that you know you remember the time she had rather than the time she could have. But mm-hmm. I loved Castlevania, and whenever they said they were bringing out an Xbox 360 game, Castlevania Lords of Shadow, I was like, my goodness, I am just I'm buzzing. I can't wait. This is going to be class. I know all the lore. I'm getting on it. But that came out around the time that games were like. 40 hours every game had to be 40 hours it doesn't matter yeah. what it was but like every game had to be 40 hours long and that yeah. game would have made a brilliant 12 hour game but instead yeah. it made a shit 40 hour game and i i yeah. still to this day haven't finished it and i've tried about three times i get about 10 hours on each time and i'd be like fucking not another yeah. world of just the same thing and it just feels yeah. it feels like yes they change the scenery yes they change the enemies but do you ever get it whenever you look under the hood and you're like but I'm just doing the same attacks over and over again I'm just doing the yeah. same thing like you've, you've made a build of your character that just wins and it's like yeah. why am, what am I even doing and then you get a boss <laughs> and you work at the pattern you're like alright oh, that was a wee bit of excitement the first time in like fucking three hours and it's yeah. just games that are unintentional or games that are intentionally long for no reason. It's something that yeah. puts me off really bad. The second thing that really puts me off, it's funny because I actually had a conversation about this. Uh, I leave a few friends home after we play Flesh and Blood down in the Lacard store on uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And we were talking about it recently. So I'll give a card game example and a video game example, but it's just to show that the same problem exists everywhere. And that's toxic fan bases really yeah. put me off. Like horribly we were talking about a game uh league of legends and i know so many people that play league and they'll tell you that the game they hate the most is league 
and talking to them makes me not want to play it and all they do is complain about it and they complain about the game and they complain about the developers and they complain about other people and maybe maybe there's people out there that genuinely aren't like that but that was my experience and I can really only judge based on what I've seen and it just made me not want to play it especially because and I know yes you know you you should try and step out of your comfort zone you should try and learn outside of your bubble you know expand your worldview and all that but if I want to play with my friends and all the people I know hit it and just chat shit about it all day I don't I don't want to get involved in that do you know what I mean and yeah. we were talking about it recently where um, not they go too far on the trading card games because I know we don't really touch on them a lot, but Flesh and Blood, a brand new card came out. Absolutely love it. It's class, all right? But it's got it's got yeah. similar kind of appeal, the fans of Magic the Gallery. But Magic, yeah. one of there's a Flesh and Blood Northern Ireland Discord, and I'm on it, but I don't mm. really chat about it the way that would we There's other Discords I sort of frequent i don't really need another one but i'm on this one on the way to hear about events and stuff and there's a wild lot of people that are ex magic heads that are in there and all they do is complain about magic they're not there to enjoy flesh and blood they're there because they want something else and they hate magic now do you know what i mean because of other reasons well that you know magic's doing really bad business practice all things but anyways and that for me we were talking there was a guy that plays with us and he was an ex magic the gallery player and he was talking to mm-hmm. me the night about how that he's like, yeah, I don't think I'll play Magic professionally anymore. He's like, I'm just all in on Flesh and Blood now. Because whenever yeah. I talk to people about Flesh and Blood, we're talking about new heroes. We're talking about new gear. We're talking about new strategies. We're buzzing about the game. Did you hear about this was announced? No, there's problems. You're like, I don't like the way they're doing that, but it's cool the way that this works, blah, blah, blah. And it's all positive stuff. But mm-hmm. whenever you're talking about magic, it's just people bitching all the time. And it just makes me not want to yeah. go near it. So toxic fan bases for me, anywhere, not even video games, but anywhere just puts me off because I think I'm at that stage yeah. now. You're, you're, we're t- we talk about state like the stage we're at in life a lot. We're like, I don't have the time to do this. I want to make sure my time's valuable, blah, 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 blah. At the same time, I want my time to be enjoyable too. And I don't want to yeah. knowingly get involved in something that's just overly negative that's just going to bring me down it's kind of like social media and like news and stuff you ever get it when you go on too much social media or watch the news too much you have to take a break yeah it's the same feeling whenever i'm playing a game and one game that very nearly got ruined for me because of toxic fan bases was left 4 dead 2 when left 4 dead 2 first came out there was so many tryhards on there from the left 4 dead 1 era because it was like left 4 dead 1 was out nearly a year whenever the sequel came out which was fucking mad and people, like, we had those maps down. We knew every hiding spot. We knew every, hot, like, the we knew the, the top plays. We knew to, like, get yourself killed so you, everybody comes back as a hunter so you could do, like, a hunter strategy on, like, the first level. Everybody knew everything. It was down to a T. Like, there was very little yeah. variance and everybody knew what, what happened. But the problem was whenever Left 4 Dead 2 came well, not the problem, actually, what the fuck am I saying? The good thing was when Left 4 Dead 2 came out, was a brand new crop of players came in, but because yeah. everybody, because the matchmaking system didn't take Left 4 Dead 1 skill level on the account, which it shouldn't, you know, it's a brand new game, mm-hmm. it meant that a lot of players who were used to the game, used to the format, used to all the locked-in gameplay, were playing with people who Left 4 Dead 2 was their first game, and that created a really toxic environment, because all of a sudden you're used to being on a team, and even if you pick up like a random or two, if you're playing on a night, everybody at least knows what yeah. to do. But all of a sudden, yeah. people didn't. And it just became a really toxic environment where you would join in the team and like a kid would join, well not a kid, but like someone would join in and be like, hey, you know, 
this is my first time playing and all, you know, keep me right, blah, blah. And then people would like vote to kick straight away. And I'd be like, what the fuck are you yeah. guys doing? Like, what are you doing? And it made me not want to play it. And that's like one of my favorite games. So yeah, yeah for me, games that are too long for no reason, toxic fan bases, that's my two. Oh. But there we yeah, are. That's question cool. number one. Let's move up. We've got two more questions. We'll, we'll not we'll not go too nuts. It's just that the the voice question was so nice. It just demanded an extra so nice. bit of attention. What a voice! What a voice! What a so, voice! Rambo writes on again once again on Twitter. Um, it's almost the third member he, of the podcast at the minute. <laughs> he almost does. So he asks us with Game Pass and PlayStation Plus slash now being so big right now. Do you think that well, they will? Do you think that they will push more third-party devs to either play it safe or to try and make something original? Then he goes on to ask, what Silent Hill protagonist would be a best podcast guest? Uh, so, so, for me, about playing it safe, uh... Jeez, hey, I see. This is the thing now that the the avenues there they play it safe, but yeah, you're not really playing it safe from a business perspective because you still have employees to pay, and do you know what I mean? There's still overheads. So when it mm-hmm. comes to do you make a game that makes lots of money or do you make games that make you know make you happy, the art game, like you still got to pay yeah. your employees and you still got to make sure everybody's looked after. So yeah, I think I, it falls down the been there a couple of weeks ago it's all marketing um this is a platform that gets you exposure i played a game today i think it was called goose island and it was like metal gear meets goose you know a goose game yeah. and uh i would have never entertained it ever and it's 14.99 to buy um i would never entertain it unless game pass gave it that exposure and i downloaded it i played it for an hour and i went me and now i'll probably never ever play it again but i'm a, like for every one person that goes me, they might get one person go, you know what, I fucking love this game, I'm going to buy it. Um, so I, I think now more than ever, you can't really phone it on anymore, or you know, you know, you can't just be like the Switch eShop with the shovelware mobile apps, and you know, always remember, I've said here a couple of times, uh, the, the old uh, mobile expression where if you release a game on the App Store, it's a risk to the bottom. I, I yeah, there's so much competition now on these services. You almost have to be a standout. You need to be a, because there's so much on it. I mean, if you are just phoned on, people will go glance at it and not even press install. They'll yeah. just move on. So where I think, sorry, going on. You just sorry, a where, went, where people want they want you to install the game and they want you. Have we talked about it before? Where it's not about the initial sale anymore. It's about the longevity and keeping that player coming back um, and having that six month or 12 month exclusivity with Game Pass or PlayStation Plus. Mm. Um, so it's definitely the business has changed, but I think if now it's even harder for an indie dev, if that makes sense, because there's so much out there. Well, just just to show how hard it is, one, well, there was something, it hit me like a ton of bricks all night, and I was like, man, that's so weird how that marketing works now. And in gaming, do you know what I mean? Because it's one of the wee things yeah. I always enjoy. Like I work in social media. It's like my pretty much my profession now. And so when it comes to like social media trends, not trends like, you know, what are you wearing? But trends like, you know, how to market a video, how like what YouTube is demonetizing these days. Like all that t- like I have to stay up to date on all that. So you make sure that you're 
mm-hmm. you know, so you're not screwing yourself. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I find that is now leaked into gaming, and I don't know how much that you kind of would know about it, but you know, uh, like the whole thumbnail thing on YouTube. You ever see them? The people do like the big expressions and like. Yeah, yeah. I went. I went. I've seen many, many of yours. Many, many, many. (laughs) This is this is probably one of these things that you would only admit to your closest friends. But I went to an hour and a half talk on YouTube thumbnails one time, and it was the most. I was gripped the whole time. It was the most eye opening thing I had ever been. Really. And it was a guy just talking about YouTube thumbnails. It was your man. He, he's on. He's on YouTube. His name's uh, Daryl Eves. Uh, right. he, he's like a YouTube. He does. He makes YouTube videos about YouTube. But he's like a market. Right, he does okay. marketing on the side and stuff as well. But one right. of the things that on YouTube that you have to do is that if you can see one person in the thumbnail, you're more likely to like connect with. You're more likely to see it than like humanize it. Uh, it's like. Uh, one thing t- t- it's funny my partner Tash she's doing a wee bit of research on the social media in terms of like marketing for like our our company and stuff as well and uh, if you take a picture of something and put it on Instagram it gets like a certain amount of like interactions based on what it is but if you put a picture of someone's hand holding something it humanizes it yeah. and then people tend right. to connect with it more but if you have two people then it feels like you're infiltrating a group and so you don't really want that it's kind of like if you walk into like a room and two people are having a conversation you're not going to butt in uh-huh. So two people in a thumbnail is bad, but one person's good. And then there was a breakdown of like all the reactions of like depending on how many words are in a thumbnail and all. And like the cut was fucking mad. But the whole point was, and the reason why the people do this, all right, is that the thumbnail is the most important part of the video. All right. And I am getting, I will, I will put this back around the gaming and Xbox, trust me. But the thumbnail is the most important part of the video. The reason being is because... If I upload a video, all right, and it's got the meaning of life and the next five weeks won in lottery numbers, but I title the video with a full stop and that's all it is and the thumbnail is just me sitting on my chair in my pajamas, you're never going to click on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the so the so that means that the content of the video doesn't matter because the thumbnail is bad, which means you're not going to click on it. Yeah. You need to, yeah. it's kind of like if I had a shop and the shop sold all the best things at all lo- the lowest prices. I'm selling Pokemon base set booster packs at RRP and I'm selling sealed N64 games for a tenner. And mm-hmm. I I have the windows all like painted painted out. You don't seal them and all and the, the doors all rotted and all and wrecked looking. You're not going to go in. Do you know what I mean? It's about, yeah. it's about the yeah. front that you present. And it is a very shallow thing to think about. You want to think that you're in it for the substance, but as 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 visual media consuming creatures, we're not. And that's leaked into gaming. Because if you look at Game Pass now, if you notice, notice the way that we talk about like viewing Game Pass, we view Game Pass the way we view YouTube. We go on yeah. and we, we sit and we browse and you scroll through the way you would scroll through the front page of YouTube and you find a wee video. Oh, that's class there. I'll click on that. I'll watch that video. Now you scroll through all the thumbnails of all the games and you'd yeah. be like, oh, it's mad. I'll check that out there. That looks like a wee indie platform. I'll check that out. And then you download it the same way you would with a YouTube video. You click on it, you watch it. Do you know what I mean? So now, one of the most important parts of making a game now, doesn't matter if the game's the best game in the world, but if that wee square picture on Xbox isn't engaging, nobody's going to click on it. So that's the type of like world that we're in now is that you have to, as you say about this this whole playing it safe and like super competition thing, like, I don't want to be sitting when I make thumbnails for YouTube, like, you know, grabbing me cheeks and being like, oh my God, I'm so shocked. But you have to do it because that's the business that you're in. So now yeah. 
whenever it comes to like making like an indie game or like a wee indie darling or something like that there like you you gotta package it in such a way now that is safe to try and compete in that space because that's what everyone else is doing and if you don't you're gonna get left behind and it's kind of sad but that's just it's where we're at you know what i mean it's about it's about odd but that was a big tangent but that's uh, that's what I think about the indie game thing at the moment. I think we've moved on to a stage where you kind of, even if you want to take a chance, you can only take a chance in certain areas, but you have to wrap yeah. it in like a safe, nice package that's easily digestible yeah. for people to get into. Anyways, yeah, there we are. Si- Silent Hill. I know he's not a protagonist, but I want Pyramid Head on because I want to know how heavy the big head thing is. And then I, I want the dog on. The dog? Nah, you know the dog sent hell to dog at the end. Oh, aye, fuck it, aye. the dog. I want to know how he controlled that machine the whole time. That's it. You know, I only played the first, <laughs> second, and third one. I don't know how many more there is. I've learned that, but I played the. the you those. know, I only played an hour of the second one. I scared the bejesus out of me. I haven't played any of them since. Oh, I loved the first one. The first one was amazing. It was just one of them games. It was like I think I was in like Resident Evil mode at the time too. Yeah, Do you know what yeah. I mean. So I was like, yes, love this type of like horror game, fixed camera, brilliant. And then this came out. It was like, yeah. what the fuck? By the way, look it up on YouTube. There's a video blew my mind. Do you know that that school? is like the the same school or and it shares like even the posters on the wall are the same as the school in kindergarten cop no way i swear to god if you look it up silent hill kindergarten cop thank me later it's the exact same <laughs> even the posters on the wall the architecture the buildings everything it's just they uh, just the developers went we want to make a school and we want to make it look American. Does anybody know what an American school looks like? Uh, well, I, I watched Kindergarten Cop the other night. Right, that's it. <laughs> that movie's brilliant. We're making the, the fucking... We're making the school from Kindergarten Cop. And I swear to God, look at it. It's the cool... It's the most uncanny thing. It's amazing. But I, I amazing. got my boss. I got my boss. Is that us? That's us. That's us, brother. Jeez, that's us. my well goodness. We, we we sat and we had a we got on it the night, brother. It was it was brilliant. Anyways, just to get our clues and plugs on because I've wrote plug 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 on my show notes, and so I shall plug plug plug. Thank you very much for everybody that wrote questions on. And if you also want to write some questions on and kind of try and direct our mad musings and conversations in this show, you could do so by leaving us a voice message on the Anchor app or through the Anchor website. You can do it right in your browser by going to anchor.fm slash oneupcast and make sure to subscribe to us on the uh, on your platform of choice. We're pretty much everywhere. We have Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts now. Uh, and on Anchor itself, as well as a whole host of other podcast platforms, if that's what you like to use. It helps us out a lot if you subscribe to us because these things show people that you enjoy the podcast and then it starts to get shown to more people and then we can grow the podcast from there. And also, if you want to get in touch with us or you want to follow us for some more musings and chat and stuff, you can do so by following myself on Twitter at HarryAtomicYT or following Daniel on Twitter at Ferryman5000 or you can just keep up to date with the show on Twitter at OneUpCast. That's O-N-E underscore C-A-S-T, OneUp underscore cast. Thank you very much for watching, everybody, and we'll chat to you all next time. Bye-bye.